to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Hello listener, and welcome to episode 144 of The Big Red Couch. I am your known human host, Craig, and on the other side of the world is suspected human... Aya, aya, Cthulhu Fatagan. It's me, Ben. Hey! And our topic for this particularly gross episode is something that's near and dear to your undoubtedly moist skins. Your vile human secretions. As I think we said, we are scraping the bottom of the barrel with this one. Though in this case, we're also scraping all the available surfaces and checking it for the aforementioned secretions. Indeed, and this has become indeed. rather more topical than, than when it went into the uh, in, into the bucket, hasn't it? Yeah, literally. Mm. It is um, <laughs> that tweet about, you know, when we say people avoiding things like the plague, it really <laughs> isn't what we thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns out that doesn't happen. Though it is gratifying to know that almost every zombie movie actually had it right. It's, um, it's bewildering. Anywho... Let us not dwell on um, topical and distressing things. I'm sure the world will continue to stagger on, moaning and rolling its eyes, so that we'll have a few other episodes. This won't just be our terminal outing. Our swan song, as it were. I think swans sound terrible. They could just go honk or something. <laughs> I've never actually heard them make any noise. I mean, they, they, are, they, they, they exist on the canal uh, near where I live, and especially during that time period when nobody was outside, they very much decided, okay, we own all this area now, and we will graciously allow humans to walk down the towpath past us, but we're watching you. <laughs> Swans are a lot of bird. Like, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're sitting there, they're, I'm fucking majestic. I could break your arm with a blow of my wing, I could. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't win in the fight, <laughs> but I'm willing to bet I'm going to take a lot of hits doing it. It's not going to be a fun experience for either of us. Also, I think you'd get, like, strung up for interfering with the Queen's wildlife or something, or lunch. You, you live mm. in a, a land of archaic laws that, well, strictly speaking, we have similar archaic laws, but they're enforced by Doc and, and people, in, people in swan dry jackets and gumboots. So the swan element is still there. Indeed. Hmm. At the conspiracy. A globe spanning... No, sorry. Yeah. Conspiracy at the most muddy level of government. <laughs> the, the most gumbooty sort of conspiracy, yes. It's the best. A grassroots conspiracy. <laughs> Good, proper conspiracy. None of your fancy academic conspiracy rubbish here. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Where is this bit going? <sighs> Folks, Craig's been trapped inside for... a very long time now and three and a half months and counting not that i'm counting he's counting guys <laughs> i'm totally counting i've got a calendar i'm crossing days off it's not helping <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a lot of places <laughs> around the world they're gonna be just adorned with the, the five bar gate line 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 strike <laughs> just uh very early on in the in the piece i was having a conversation over discord i think maybe discord with with some folks, one of whom made the comment that he was glad to see that I hadn't sort of just gone completely mad and started covering the walls of my flat with 
notes and strings connecting them. At which point I rotated the camera to show the walls of my wardrobe that were covered with pieces of paper blue tacked to it with bizarre diagrams drawn on it. Hmm. In fairness, they were database object model diagrams. They were for work purposes. Oh, yes, yes. Um... All the conspiracy theory stuff is on the other side. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> All work and no play. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yes. No, no, data models are literally just crazy boards for people in IT. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's traumatic, folks. All right, so let's get on to the far more cheery and colourful cough topic that we selected. Or, in fact, our loyal listeners decided that we should talk about. So, yeah, yeah, blame is uh, evenly distributed upon the plane. Indeed. So, vile human secretions. I have an idea. Excellent. As is my want, I also have the idea that I desperately tried to make work and couldn't. Do you want to cover that first? Because we want something uplifting, hopefully, (laughs) to end on. Okay, let's hope that that comes along before the end of the episode. uh, Indeed, indeed. All right, so... Well, the first thing that came to mind, and I think we may be, I even made a joke about it at some point, is your sort of you know, your vile human secretions. But secreted by what? Um, vile humans. <laughs> and it was basically sort of thinking of because I think that's from in, in my mind at least that's from the movie Aliens. It's absolutely from the it's movie some sort of extruded yeah. resin, extruded by what? And so I spent some time trying to think of effectively how you could flip the setup of Aliens. To make the the humans the terrifying monsters, <laughs> playing playing some sort of alien where humans are the terrifying monsters, the vile human secretions bit I hadn't entirely figured out, other than humanity's habit of just shedding everywhere all of the time. I mean, I have very long hair, so I basically have to sweep every day, or eventually I end up like putting a tourniquet around one of my own toes with my hair. So yeah. your shedding is a thing. It is a it is a known condition with humans, and we've come to accept it. And I haven't managed to popularize it, but I have considered referring to people who I'm not particularly impressed with as like a biofilm with a bus pass. So, wow, <laughs> that's, that's that's quite a good one. I mean, I, I knew sort of oxygen thief and chair moistener, but uh, <laughs> biofilm with a bus pass is <laughs> yeah. I ha- did have one colleague. Who I, who I refer to as an exceptionally well-spoken plant. But, um, yeah, I, no one's actually hit that level where it's described them as basically an accretion of, um, of bacterial deposit. So um, mm. I've heard the yeah. outsmarted by yeast comment, but yeah. Mm, nice. <laughs> uh, I think that's modified from Terry Pratchett. Of, yeah, sort of, yeah you're, you're smarter than detritus, yes, but so is yeast. Indeed. So humans are... Terrifying bacteria mecha swarming with pathogens and turning up some lovely, you know, hyperintelligent shade, shade of the the color blue or some crystalline entity planet and just generally drooling on everything because we're fucking disgusting. I'm not. I'd like to hear how you'd propose to make a game out of that. That's, that sounds well. That, that's what I would like to hear as well because I couldn't. Uh, basically, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't come up with a way of making the game that wasn't just, in in the risk of sounding like a a Rick and Morty uh, fanboy, 
a regular humans versus aliens game with extra steps. Because, you know, if you try to flip around the plot of the movie Aliens, so you've got some sort of alien creature, and then these humans turn up and they excrete stuff, well, you're just playing the game of the movie Aliens, but you've swapped the labels around. There's nothing... There's no need for the vile human secretions. There's there's no point to it. And similarly with... You know, I sort of had a look at the... There's that whole riff of humans are space orcs, mm. which... I will hopefully find a, a link to, but it's basically sort of phrased in a certain way. Humans can be made to sound utterly terrifying. Yep. Then Tom Scott, one of his early videos, like possibly terrifyingly early, ye gods his hair, um, <laughs> did think where like caution, you are now entering a, a, a portion of space inhabited by humans. They make no sense sort of thing. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Plants on humans planet have, have developed specific poisons to protect themselves. Humans have cultivated these plants to increase the level of poisons and consume them for enjoyment. Yes, that, those sorts of that sort of carry on. Mm. There, there has to be a way to do it, but it's what. Mm. So I have I have theories about that. They're not very well formed, but yeah, I have, I have theories about how you might be able to do that sort of thing. Lay, lay it on me, because yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I basically I couldn't come up with a way of doing such a game that wasn't. Effectively, I have taken a regular humans in space type adventure and swapped the names around. There wasn't. It, it kind of felt like in order to, in order to make the playing the aliens bit in any way meaningful, the aliens would have to be actually pretty alien. Ideally, you would want the humans to be, weirdly enough sufficiently alien to be scary mm. which means that you're you realistically the only way i could see of doing it is to play a game in which you are you are playing aliens usgm are deliberately concealing the nature of the threat so that you can do the haha humans were the bad guy all along at which point i could just see the players going yeah we don't care mm, you don't need to conceal it in fact it probably would be a bit silly silly if you did because you know, it would be be difficult to, uh, without abstracting it to to a nonsensical degree. You presumably you portray them the ex the exactly the same way that you other humans in the other circumstances, like you say, a zombie movie where they're, they're reduced to you can only comprehend their 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 needs and goals in a very limited way, and they that appear that appears to be getting their goo on you and 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 eating your brain, so that you're not. You're, and you're not down with that, so no, no, thank you, no, I, I, I would prefer not to be uh, be subscribed to your newsletter. Yeah, no, thank you. Do not want. Do not want. What I was thinking, and this is this is um, slightly topical in, in 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 my in my life, is that I discovered that my my lovely wife had never heard Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. How are the divorce proceedings going? <laughs> Well, we've, we've fortunately there's been a bit of bit of bit of counselling, and she's listened to it uh, the the entire thing, streamed over crappy Wi-Fi in a, uh, <laughs> a at a seaside hotel over the course, the course of the night while we're drinking a little bit of whiskey, and she happened to really enjoy it, and and I, and I realised that despite probably not having heard the entire album more than ten times in my life, I still have this entire thing squirreled away in my brain somewhere. And having looked back at the how actually popular it was, because I got exposed to this at school, 
for some mad reason. I mean, exposing children to prog rock, that, that's not on. I mean, it's the straight out of the, the Venture Brothers. Huh, the, the, the bit where Rusty is like, oh, you're not ready to step into the court of the Crimson King just yet. At this, at this level of training, this album like that could turn you into an evil scientist. So he's um, walking his uh, son Dean through the muse that is prog rock. Hmm. And gotta say, the genre of space disco covers that album, some really exciting funk stuff with pyramids and, and things on it, which is really quite quite odd, and those Miko Star Wars themes and uh, um, done in the, the the latest disco style. It's not a not a wide genre. I think I had a cassette of that, like mm, Star Wars mm. and other galactic funk, and it was very clearly a horrendous knockoff. Yeah, the, the, the cover art might have been sort of like some very, very imaginative pictures in the dark of knockoff non-Kenner-sanctioned products from... Oh my, yes. Yes, so that was that was excellent. And I also read the the, the sequel to War of the Worlds, written by Stephen Baxter, which is called The Massacre of Mankind, which is actually really good. Mm, quite, okay. quite enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's quite in the, in, in the line of... It, it feels like it is from the same world it references a lot of things a lot of characters from the the, the original story that it references uh hg wells himself snidely in a couple of times at least the characters do as like oh, you know, nice. the, the, the million year man so yes that's a nice a nice a nice touch getting getting referenced as in in your the sequel to your own book as a as a, as a character it's very stephen king yes I don't know who's going to inherit the um, mantle of Stephen King's wacky um, other worlds, but the idea of—I mean, that is that is literally that one of those those vile human creatures things. The that the spoilers for a book from the start of the last century. I think it may actually have been the end of the, um, the previous one. Yes, previous one. I. It's eighteen ninety-eight. <laughs> at a point at which the book has been in the public domain longer than some people have been alive. Yes. I think if if yeah, if you don't know how the book ends, I'm sorry to spoil it for you. Indeed, indeed. So the margins from their their, their old, tired, ecologically collapsing world with their vast intellects, possible telepathy and, and terrible new technologies have turned up and basically just sort of scattered whatever resistance there was, and just basically start picking up people and, and start chugging them like uh, juice boxes. Which is weird, and has some understanding, some, some fairly easily anticipated um, side effects. And this was Mr. Wells commenting on colonialism and how we might we might like it if someone was to turn up with a, a gunship and say, Hello, we own all of this now. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Including you. Yes. So I guess the idea would be something along the idea of you might not make it that the the aliens are absolutely, you know, they're just, you know, they're going to turn up and start, you know, dehydrating folks at a, at a drop of a hat. But their intentions aren't clear. And maybe if you put it towards more the ET side of things, the aliens are trying to understand the reactions of the people, but they don't. And it's like, Look, we are a mighty spacefaring race. We have technology 
many thousands of years in advance. These, these creatures are obviously capable of identifying threats and um, dealing with them, so we're going to show open-handedly, or whatever limbs they use, that, that you know, we're, that, that we, are, we are powerful creatures, but we are not here to harm them, and, you know, that we simply have... We, we want to negotiate and, and, and sort out some problems that we've got and help them with some of their problems and do a little thing. And they've never seen a press call before. They don't know... The, the idea of people crowding to see the aliens is just bizarre. And, you know, they're all sort of... Oh, they, they don't have their own inviolate personal space force fields. And, and you know, before long it's like, yes, we've intercepted some of their um, digital packet trans- transmissions and we've decrypted them. It seems that a lot of them want to have what they call sex with us. And just the idea that they're, that they're, they're trying to negotiate this horrifying maelstrom of aliens, we should kill them, or aliens, we should make love to them. Sort of this range of, of, of different things and deciding on how your your cohort of shimmering, you know, beings of pure energy or, or stately ethereal creatures deal with not the internet. The internet, yes. <laughs> Telling the difference between the people who actually do welcome their future glowing overlords, people who are just saying that because of the meme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. People who are secretly hoping that the um, the human juicifier vats are being constructed somewhere and really want to be a vat operator. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, how, how does one apply for a job of... Um, yeah, superfire, um, <laughs> superfire technician. Yes. Okay, that's yes. I hadn't, I had not seen that angle. That that works. That works better. It, it could be very much a captain. It, it's come to my attention that the 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 the, um, the, the inhabitants of the planet are requesting lewds. Uh, okay, we did not anticipate that this this would be an issue. Yes. Is this some sort of cyber attack? No, as near as we can tell, they're just like this. <laughs> Apparently, this is normal. <laughs> of course, you can think of the whole thing of, all right, so how, how is the medical team uh, team going? Do we have any information you know, what these humans are like from a biological sense? Sort of somebody raises a, a very shaky tentacle, like, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we've been sent a lot of pictures of very specific parts of their anatomy. Yeah. Ah, they try to educate us. Eh, not so much. Yes, we've been deceived by their most widely distributed um, form of personal communication that don't actually have as many tentacles as we thought. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because someone would send an alien life form a dick pic. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Sadly. It's possible that they, they, they have been visited us before. We've found this thing called Rutsukutoju. Uh, yeah. So, yes, the idea that maybe even make it... I mean, I guess it could be a prequel to Teenagers from Outer Space... It, Except we want to tone it down to wholesome, bonkers anime levels. I mean, you could. I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that people will, but it's 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 an option. Yeah, I kept looking at the well, the, the acronym for your violent human screech. It's like it's like your mileage might vary, sort of as as an <laughs> acronym. But it's like your secretions might vary. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound right. Oh, so. oh, oh! <laughs> That's that. No, no. Do do not want. So yes, that was that was the idea. I couldn't figure out how to do. But, but I guess it was. I guess it was another. There was another slight angle to this, and maybe this would would be used to um, further traumatize our audience. <sighs> I, I don't know if there's any saving them at this point. 
So <laughs> they knew what they were getting into. Uh, one of the, actually, you, we said uplifting earlier. It reminds me that the thinking of David Brin's uh, Uplift Wars books, where one of the because humanity is is, is a wolfling race without any um, patron or any introduction to um, cosmic society, we've only got unique, organic cultural and biological things like whale song and you know your human custom and human art and so forth has any value in the currency of the universe because you know our laughably slow spaceships are like wacky toys as far as the the rest of the cosmos is concerned i was wondering if you have a very if if humanity is contacted by a species with very refined very specific chemical aesthetic senses it's like Oh, these 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 creatures—they're amazing. They make all sorts of secretions. It's like, it's incredible. They're all varied, and it's like it's not 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 homogenous like any of our pathogenically reproduced species. It's like it's amazing. It's like you weirdos, <laughs> and it's reminding me of the I think Torchwood season three Children of Earth thing where. Oh, that's a great thing to be reminded of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where it turns out that a bunch of aliens want human children for the hit. Yes. Their brain secretions make them feel good. Alien hopheads. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that was that was a that was a creepy wee story. I mean, the the the, the, the having uh, like interstellar panty sniffers turn up and start dealing with uh... I guess I guess that would be something to throw in if you've got as a subplot to a game where it's like, yes, the final frontier, we will go out and meet these strange... Ver- what? No, go away. <laughs> I, know, I, I think it would be great fun if I was going to introduce that to that, that into a game and you had the sort of the you know, humanity starting to sort of try to find its place in this, this galactic civilization and all of these races and you know, there are these really helpful, very refined, aesthetic um, aliens who turn up and seem to really like humans. They like hanging out with humans. Mm. You know, they're they're very pally. They like to shake you. They've gotten really into handshakes and that and hugs and that kind of thing. It's, teach us your human custom of handshakes. <laughs> and then it's only much later that you find out that they are getting unimaginable highs. Because, <laughs> like... you know, as, as a GM, I would just love the moment when the players figure it out about... <laughs> Wait a minute, you creepy little bastards. Um, yes, yes, Commander. Partake more of your traditional haricot beans. <laughs> I, I, I understand it is very healthy and nutritious for your species. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, this, this is just... I think this is an point. awful idea and I love it. <laughs> Or you could have sort of like your mighty spacefaring civilization and their extremely um, sophisticated spaceship. Like, Captain, good news. I I found a a, a subcontractor to do all of our laundry. In fact, they're willing to pay us to do it. It's like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. These are just those space panties differences again. Take (laughs) off those masks. (laughs) Uh, this is turning into a ridiculous comedy, which which I'm liking. It's just the idea of it's the same race. They've just put on, like, fake tentacles and are hoping nobody will notice. Yeah, overcoats with extra limbs and so forth <laughs> and stuck <laughs> eyes to their faces. Not all <laughs> yeah. in the same pattern. This is like these monstrously <laughs> incompetent 
Yeah, it, it it's a very, very peculiar sort of comedy game, and yeah, a lot of the ideas that I had were kind of lurching around in that in that space. I like it. It's it's certainly not where I started with the the vile human secretions that I couldn't figure out how to do, but I like where it ended up. Yeah, I, I think the the most playable the most playable thing would be the idea that the your aliens have stumbled haplessly into modern Earth culture and are trying to deal with it, including all of the um, unreasonable requests and 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 cultural things that they have no context for. It's like, um, yeah, that could be that could be intriguing. We've yeah, we've had a request for an interview from some sort of news agency called. Pornhub. No, no, I will not use any of the words to describe investigative journalism. That would be in because <laughs> that's just going to get out of control. All right, no, no, cool. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Right. So, aside from that, I did actually have an idea. Um, did, did we want to do that one? Did you want to do your idea? Do we? How, how do we want to? How do we want to play? That this? was most. That was mostly the, my previous idea. I did have oh, a semi-functional one, which mm-hmm. was basically your vile human secretions will not stop me. Will be the catch cry of a sort of a super sentai superhero um, adversary. But the the people, the the antagonists that defend the Earth from, are the the Fantastic Four humans. So you have okay. one of the they, they they each have the one of the choleric, phlegmatic, melancholic, or sanguine <laughs> personalities, but powers based on um, you know the elemental yellow bile, phlegm, black bile, and blood, and so forth. And they're sort of like. Might probably make them as edgy in nineties as possible, but if you're um, you're a Gen X kind of superhero thing, but yeah, with with horrible personal problems and things to work on, and yeah, they defeat the 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 alien menace with the power of their um... superhumors. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yes, the 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 Hippocratic humors or the um, or Galen. Like one of those those early medical thinkers would basically go, okay, that squirts out when we do that. Uh, it's probably responsible for uh, your soul. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh. <laughs> I quite like that. It it puts me in mind of a book I read years ago called, I think it was, I'll look it up, but I think it was Celestial Matters by possibly a Richard Garfield or Garfinkel, one of the two, mm-hmm. which... It basically took the approach that the Greek scientific model was accurate. That there are these four, the, 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 the four sort of basic elements that make up everything of fire, earth, air and water. And that this is actually how the world works. Mm. And um, it basically concerns a mission, a mission to go and capture some pure elemental fire from the sun to use as a weapon in their ongoing and somewhat baffling war against the middle kingdom of China. Right. And sort of, you know, along the way, we we discover that the middle kingdom has a completely different approach with 10,000 elements, and that's what works for them. Right. And, you know, it's it's an interesting book. (laughs) It's It's certainly an interesting approach. I... I could be imagining it, but I think at one point they may actually crash into one of the colossal sort of 
arms of the um, the armillary sphere that has the uh, the stars on it. I could be wrong on that one. Ah, right? right, 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 right. They're not not one of the big pointy bits of the sun. No, which is no. presumably not as hot as the rest of it. But yeah, and so this this kind of feels like it, it, it feels very much like the the sort of the superhero approach to that. That this is what happens if you get superheroes using older approaches to mm. med- medicine and science. So I'm I'm, I'm down with it. Okay, um, so it, it just works for them because, but yeah, but they're going to have their uh, their powers tied to the elements, but their personality is tied to the. Um, <laughs> I guess they could come up against all sorts of like the blood letter and um, mm. all sorts of trepanning man, <laughs> um, all sorts of other ancient uh, medical. I, I guess those technically would be the good guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, a lot of it depends on context and what they're up to. I mean, when, when you yeah, initially yeah. mentioned the the sort of Fantastic Four and human secretions, I was imagining sort of elemental powers and an alien who doesn't understand that this isn't just like the equivalent of human ooze. Like the guy <laughs> who fires fire isn't just sweating fire. It's it's a superpower. He just thinks that that's how humans work. You know. That would be very confusing. That would be a non-standard sample. Yeah, some some races, yeah, some some races sweat a mild acid. Some species excrete their urine in the form of crystals. These guy, you know, that guy apparently sweats gravel. It's just a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's kind of fun. I, kind of, I you know. <laughs> yes. I mean, the temptation to to try to do the thing if you were going with the. Yeah, if you were going with the full-on sort of, because when the, I mean the, the, the humans were a very are, are a very very old concept. Yes, they're oh, yeah, like, yeah 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 they're, yeah. They're, they're like one of the certainly the first Western medicine concepts. It's a lot. It's a lot about you know you would bleed someone because they're clearly uh, they have too much sanguinous in them, so they need to balance them out and, mm. and keep that going. Yes, I guess yes, the, the, the Middle Kingdom, as you say, is where they had rather more complicated maps and pathways and so forth, seemed more technical. Mm-hmm. This thing's like, oh, there's about four. You know, you don't want too much or too little. Yeah, four seems about right. You can keep track of them. Yeah, that's easy simple. Yeah, 10,000, that's just awkward. It <laughs> did make me think of Avatar The Last Airbender, but... Everything changed when the rare earth element, the trium, attacked. And it's like, what? Oh, those guys. Shit, we've got about those guys. Yeah. Everything changed when tungsten carbide attacked. Really? Which one is the Hang on a second. Let me get the tables. Um... Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, just... Oh, that just gets funnier the more... Oh, gee. Sorry. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah. Everything changed when chlorine trifluoride attacked. Like, yeah, we all ran away and let them win. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Eventually, they accidentally set fire to themselves. It was fine. Um, <laughs> and the beach. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. We weren't yeah, using it. <laughs> and the beach. And, inexplicably, the ocean. Yeah. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I am liking the idea of sort of a Fantastic Four type setting, but, like, the modern... It's basically the modern day if you assume that the Greek Empire just continued going. So you've still got skyscrapers, but you've still got that whole Greek aesthetic. So shitloads of white marble. Togas are very much the thing. Yeah, um, Democrat representation is a selective affair. <laughs> yeah, charming, con- charming theoretical concept, but of no practical use. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, I think that's uh, that'll be left to the exercise to uh, dedicated scholars and uh, people who can untangle the 
various uh, societal quirks. Yeah, I mean, if I was running the game, it would be in the Disneyland version of modern-day ancient Greece. So right. it's going to be light, yeah, light on substance, light on history, big on columns. <laughs> lots and lots of content warnings. This is not how ancient Greece was. This is basically Bill and Ted. <laughs> Yeah, Bill and Ted, but maybe with the historical accuracy cranked down a few notches. <laughs> on, on the grounds that the historical figures mentioned in the Bill and Ted movie did actually exist, unlike what we're talking about here. True, true. Indeed. Let us not run down Bill and Ted for their um, speculative aspects. <laughs> mm. Okay. I happen to agree. I think Genghis Khan would probably have been reasonably impressed with an aluminium baseball bat. Yeah, be quite a find. Mm. Cool. All right, so that wasn't as horrible and as I thought it might have been, so thank you for giving that some context. The, the idea of ancient medical model superheroes is daffy, but yes. Might be something that opens new avenues for the well-trod-themed superheroes thing, I guess. Mm. I do seem to remember a computer... A, a game, probably something on the on the PlayStation, with a character. You're playing a superhero who is a superhero because of some sort of horrible parasite. So it's a bit of the Venom thing, except you're sort of leaping from building to building by spraying your own blood out as kind of a rocket exhaust. Could have been something called Prototype? Maybe? You're sort of wandering around a city trying to figure out what's um, what happened to you? The city is being hor- consumed by a horrible disease, which starts to it happens to be New York, and it's slowly getting consumed by gigarisk stuff. While you are also gaining new horrible gigarisk powers, that that's a prototype. Yeah, yeah, it's not the one with the electrical powers; it's the other one. It's the other one. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, the uh, infamous is the one with the electrical powers. Yeah, prototype was the one where you could disguise yourself as a soldier by basically the thinging them. Mm. And then run up the side of the building, like elbow drop on an elderly person, slide off, bounce off a tank, and then uh, body surf on their uh, their spouse down the street. Very That's normal. Very time. specific. It's exactly what the game was about. I, I, I know, but it's still very spe- so. Yes, um, I just thought I'd throw that one in there as an extra piece of horror. Yes, yes, that is. So, so sh- shall I throw out my, my alleged actual idea, which is hopefully less horrible? It couldn't hurt, he says, lying to himself in the most absolute way possible. Fair enough. Oh, I, yeah, after trying to, to come up with a way of, of, of doing sort of vile human secretions as, and, and failing to do vile human secretions as actual vile human secretions, it, it put me in mind of the, the, the sort of line that a person might say. And it sort of, it made me think of some kind of grumpy but ultimately well-meaning janitor character just sort of muttering about, more vile human secretions to clean up as they're like mopping a bathroom or something. Ah, right. So it's like a, like a venerable AI on a, on a spaceship or something like that. Indeed. Yeah. Hmm. And so sort of trying... Then try to turn that into a game because yeah, okay, you've got a grumpy, a, a, a grumpy robot caretaker. Woo! Now what? It started putting me in mind of of things like, oh, uh, there was the the movie and 
to a lesser extent, the TV show Logan's Run, mm-hmm. uh, showing my age here, looking at the sort of story where you have a bunch of people who are being kept from the threat of the outside world, and they are there either because their ancestors decided to protect themselves or were protected from the outside world, or in some circumstances, maybe through being very long-lived or maybe through this being some sort of um, suspended animation kind of deal by their own choice. But, you know, they're there, at least at some point, this was voluntary for somebody involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're, they're, being, they're being kept inside. They're being kept safe from whatever threat is, is outside there. And what came to mind is there is an episode of the Stargate SG-1 TV show called The Gamekeeper, where our, our heroes basically find this, this lush, beautifully manicured garden planet. They find people in a, um, in some form of, of hibernation. They, of course, get caught up by the system and, you know, it eventually is determined that Yes, these guys are waiting until the, the environmental devastation outside has been fixed. The system that is keeping them alive and is fixing the um, the environmental damage obviously fixed the problem long ago. The air is breathable. Mm. The world is beautiful. It's a big manicured garden. But it's not told them because it doesn't want them to go out there and fuck up the garden. <laughs> so the ultimate keep off the grass. Indeed. It's basically a... It, it hasn't told them that there is anything outside. It certainly hasn't told them where the exit is because it's worried that they'll just go out there and break everything again. Right, so it's it's Skynet the Park Keeper. Yeah. Indeed. I will preemptively stop you from causing envi- uh, environmental devastation like last time by not leaving you anywhere near it. Yep. Um, there is also a one of the episodes posts. Uh, there's a a website, a thing called the Shortest Story, which is basically sort of science fiction or or, or horror or fantasy type stories that fit onto a postcard. Uh, one of which was this this rather nicely done kind of warning message along the lines of, "Oh, you weren't actually supposed to see this." Uh, this means that the filters that normally stop you from noticing things have failed for some reason. Uh, don't be alarmed. Just allow them to kick in. You know, allow them to lead you off down one of those strange tangents of mind into social media or 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 whatever. People will be along shortly to fix things, so that you you never have to remember. You know, you never have to remember that there is a world outside. And trust us, there's a reason you asked to be put in here. Hmm. Um, and so, kind nice. of riffing on riffing on that, my thought was, you know, everybody knows that they're in this environment for their own protection. There's the system that is protecting them. There they are all. There are intelligent systems that are keeping them safe and discouraging the curious from going outside. You know, maybe they're very nice about it. Maybe they've hidden the exit. Maybe they politely refuse to disclose how the um, how the exiting process might work. Maybe they just don't answer those questions. Um, everybody knows that they're in here for their own protection. But nobody knows why. Not even, it turns out, the guards or caretakers. Hmm. And so, you know, unlike other... Um, sort of, I'm imagining this as the kind of 
Yeah, when you set up a situation like this, obviously the players are going to try to escape. Yeah, you put players in a locked room, they're going to disassemble it. It's how it works. It, it's it's how stories. And we have witnessed that yeah. ourselves. So and yeah. yeah, we 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 damn near derailed a a game run by Gulo T, who already had the system for how we were going to escape from the prison uh, worked out. Apart from the fact that we were too busy trying to figure out how to escape from the prison to actually listen to the GM. Well, it was more that 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 we had there was one tool that we had not been provided with to affect the escape, and that was patience. And we were not going to generate that by ourselves. Oh no. That um, is accurate. It, one quick note, I would say, if you want to make it eerie and 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 as circumspect as possible, is that you have the culture these people live in not have a concept of inside and outside. They don't have the word for door. And a bunch of other th- blind spots. Where it's like, you just you say, oh, I wonder what is it. You you don't have that per, that part of language. Interesting. You you need to you you need to work around it to actually say. And so you, it, this will be a little bit of a linguistic challenge to say, okay, how do we how do we break this down so that, you know they they can say, all right. What are maybe they have to relate it to like. We are swallowed by this body we need to you know we're back to volume secretion secretions again how about that um i was thinking this this is uh this this reminds me of our many uh, our oft favorite uh colony ship examples but i suppose if this is long and winding and, twi- and twisting it could be a different sort of colony yeah, I, I I was desperately trying not to make it yet another bloody colony ship episode because come on, no, this is this is this has it has. We are working in a field where we have covered the ground before, but this is a different situation entirely. If there, it, it is effectively it's a closed environment, but the reason they're inside the closed environment and what they do with it is quite different. So yeah, no, no, valid, and I will because well, this is going to be mentioned anyway, but. Um, Something I liked the idea of is that once, yeah, once, once the humans figure out, well, actually, we have no idea why we're in here. We should maybe do something about that. And mm. I suspect it would be up to the game, up to the players, and up to the the GM to figure out what that triggering event is, and whether there even is one, or whether whether it's just going with the almost standard science fiction story narrative of. This is the one person, our protagonist is the person who challenges the status quo along with their plucky friends. Mm, I think there should be definitely, there, there would still be an inciting incident. There'd be something that tells them that they. It, it, would, it would be nice to do so. Yeah. And figure out what is the thing that makes them realize that, you know, we understand that we are safe and we are predicted, but we don't know where we've been predicted from. And why. So. We maybe probably... we would be. Find, that. Find out, yeah. Yeah, maybe look, in, maybe look into that. And I'm liking the idea that once they figure, yeah, once they figure it out, that I'm liking the idea that the, the caretakers, maybe, you know, if you've got sort of multiple levels of it, so rather than being the one machine that controls everything, mm. if they've got multiple systems like the grumpy janitor, mm. that they're not going to, yeah, they're not mindlessly fixated on maintaining a situation that no longer applies. 
Mm-hmm. Once they've once it's been identified, sort of pointed out to them that something is off, they are just as curious about what's going on as as the humans. And they're, sort of, they're just operating at a different level of information and with different sort of context. Yeah, they, it never occurred to them because there was never it was never part of their job. But once it's pointed mm. out, yeah, they're, they're, everything has a blind spot. So I'm thinking in you know specifically the movie Passengers of the the cyborg bartender in that movie because aside from being literally one of the only characters in the movie there is <laughs> there is quite a nice scene fairly early on in the piece where our protagonist is wandering in a confused state through this um, through the ship there is this barman just behind the bar polishing a glass they have a conversation, and yeah, the I can't remember the exact you know, the ex, the exact script of the thing, but it was effectively the barman saying, "Yeah, you shouldn't be here." The human pointing out, "Yeah, something's gone wrong," and the barman sort of doing the, "Yes, it must have." And at that point, you never get the "you shouldn't be here" again. It doesn't reset. He's not no. denying the reality of the situation, and sort of, but beyond, hey, it's drinks o'clock. And um, you've had too much. It doesn't have a lot of recourse beyond. <laughs> yeah, it literally can't leave the bar. He can sort of he can yeah. have conversations. There is rather the, the rather nice bit of you know, These are not cyborg questions you are asking me. I think yeah. is a line that got used. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that kind of thing. That once once the reality of the situation that none of the bots, none of the that the the, the systems that are or at least none of the low-level systems that are protecting them from the outside world know why they're in here either. They kind of flip from being caretakers and guards to being compatriots. And you could even have it so that they've had to do certain things and weather certain challenges, and maybe you'd have a mechanical thing where you, you swap a player moves from one of the one of the um, the human inhabitants to taking on the role of this grumpy janitor or something. You've got some, and you mm. can, so you you kind of you also migrate out, and you've got more information, and you get you get them some some things. It possibly be one of those games where you basically okay. Here are the topics you can, you you can talk about because your world is the size the the size of the palm of your hand. <laughs> you mm. you have a distinct problem with having never experienced stuff outside of it, and make it really mo- about the the language and so forth. That is, they can actually employ all the tools that they have to actually discuss nice. that that would definitely demonstrate the fact that you're filtering out of this 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 contained system and you like say say somebody is is wounded or is, is is just too stressed out to go forward you say okay that player has used that character to get us this far they now transfer to some to this um, this other thing could suffer from the it. um the, the the spotlight hog problem but um yeah, with a bit of a bit of basically doing things to unlock the ability to do further things it means that the other people, the other players who've had the, these characters longer, would have a a greater range of effects and so forth on on the world as they go. That'd be, uh, you know, that's really interesting, actually. Mm. I mean, what what the big question behind the setting is? I have no idea. Hmm. I don't actually know what's outside. I don't actually know why they're locked in there. Maybe, maybe determining that is part of what you of what you discover. 
uh, sort of the play to discover kind of yeah maybe idea. the decisions that you make as you say okay it's like oh it, it's not safe outside because there was a war okay what what uh, what about the war or there was a conflict or um there was a sickness or something like that and you're like okay you build up more specifics about it as you discover more things that would probably lead like halfway through the process that, that those kind of things but initially it's like you won't like decide oh how long have we been here or something like that it's like oh you know, only a couple of generations or something like that. It's like, oh, or uh, no, a very long time. <laughs> yeah, mm. but that would be an interesting, an interesting approach to discover. I mean, I mean, I mean, that would mean that you wouldn't have to determine the thing, and you come up with, yeah, you know, the the idea you come up with because something's being exposed as dreadfully problematic or dull or done in a uh, movie with goddamn Tom Cruise in it, um, and. Is that something specific or just a general rant against Tom Cruise? There was a film I haven't actually seen where he was looking after a deserted Earth and piloting a bunch of drones and discovers... Oblivion? Yeah, yeah, Morgan Freeman. I was like, he finds Morgan Freeman. Cool. Don't really see what the problem is. (laughs) It's it's a surprisingly good film. Um, Okay. Yeah. It 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 gets weird in places, not going to lie. But um, it, it it just seems like the kind of thing where suddenly you've got ha, my 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 setting is inviolate and perfect, and now Tom Cruise is in the fuck because <laughs> there was some there was oh shit now everybody no no just like that 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 would be common knowledge now that would be yeah. and and somehow aligned with Scientology. Um, <laughs> Probably not what you're after. Not a hundred, no. I, I, I tend to steer clear of um, of, of uh, sort of using games to specifically po- uh, uh, promote <laughs> specific religions. It's just as a general rule. Indeed, indeed. It's. Uh, oh, I think I saw a really super Christian version of D and D once. I kind of regret not having bought it. It's like a. It was. I mean, I, you would literally you would quote scripture to accomplish things as i recall wow and i found years ago a a website you know this is this is back in the good old days of web rings wow okay yeah (laughs) um but there was a website from i think they were calling themselves the christian gamers guild which as near as i can tell was just some people from you know a, a a group of people who were meeting up in gaming in real life who had put together a a website effectively is a bit of a debunking tool for this is why Dungeons and Dragons is not in fact Satan worship. Mm. Uh, and you know, they had, it was, they, they actually had some really cool stuff in there. It was, mm. it was quite inventive and interesting. And then I went back a while later and it looked for all the world, like their church pastor had found it, rewritten the entire thing and made it shit. <sighs> It had, it had basically yeah. turned into the um, this this website for an organization whose goal was to take back gaming for the Lord. It's like, congratulations, you killed it. Are you happy now? <laughs> so, rather than adding nuance and suggesting ways that you could, because I mean, it's a cultural thing. I mean, the, the, we we have a, a game that we are struggling with it coming from a very specific cultural and uh, decidedly colonial background. And it could be made more nuanced and more approachable. I think people of all sorts, 
And, you know, if these folks are working on it, doing it for their their particular needs, cool. And, you know, if they're including horrible things in there. But, yes, but, yeah, that's uh, overdoing it to the point uh, that, that degree is probably uh, counterproductive, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, those were some good ideas. It wasn't all just... Ooze. Yeah, ooze. Madness and ooze. Mm. <sighs> All right, so those that, that, that was where we went to with um, our own vile human secretions. Indeed, our audio secretions, even. That sounds weird. <laughs> like, that, that, I mean, that sounds like some sort of infected eardrum thing. Indeed, indeed. I mean, let, let us not try and encourage the world to reband podcasters' audio secretions. I mean, they've got a bad enough rep as it is. Yeah. <laughs> no need to drag it down. Yeah. No Though if that does become the catchphrase, we got there first. Indeed. Dibs. Dibs. <laughs> the highest form of copyright um, management. Indeed. We bagseed it first. <laughs> All right. So that leaves us, I guess, to announce the, uh, announce the next episode. Episode 145. How on earth did we get to this point? Because nobody stopped us that's fair <laughs> so there was there was voting there was decisive and enthusiastic voting at least from our point of view and i i am delighted to announce and being as i suspect horrified to announce that the the topic for episode 145 which comes to us from the fertile brain of alex will be the case of the accidental battered sausage it's the accidental Battered sausage by itself is a very innocent pair of words. Accidental? How do you accidentally batter a sausage? It's it tripped down the stairs on the way to questioning. <laughs> yeah, it's a concern. It really is. I, I, I've been trying to think of whether we actually need to explain what a battered sausage is. I'm sure that everyone with the technology to to cons- consume podcasts understands. That somebody somewhere has tried to deep fry a sausage in some sort of flour batter. And if they don't, they're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the existence of Scotland is not a, uh, a, a global secret. Those people <laughs> will and can fry anything. Yeah. They're mad for it, I say. I, I've seen a video where somebody deep fried a 34 ingredient pizza. <laughs> I can. Hear my arteries clanging shut. Just it, it was like the world's largest and most disgusting calzone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hmm. So we will be discussing the alleged accidental battered sausage and the case thereby next time. And of course, we will entreat your uh, assistance with our um, selecting the topic for Big Red Couch. 146, which comes with the following illustrious list. There is X Kills Y by Spambot Tony Birch. There is Life Cover No Longer Required, which I believe comes to us from Jono reading an insurance form. We have Transformers Plus a Thousand Years from Constructicon. And coming in as our, our new contender, Tis a Pity She's the Queen. I've forgotten who that's from. That is from our esteemed contributor and uh, listener, John Rea. 
Yes, I note that it, yeah, perennial non-favorite X kills Y remains remains lurking there. You know, it's, it's just like it's a damn popularity contest, which, given that we're voting on it, to a large extent it is. There's no other measure that we could possibly be assessing. So, yeah, I think we'll go with that one. Yeah, given that we are actually measuring things on popularity, yes, it is actually a popularity contest. Okay. Right, so thank you for listening, audience. Uh, we hope we've entertained you. We hope you enlightened you and, and filled you with the desire to go out and run games. And if they turn out to be awful, well, come on, you had to expect it. Yeah. You can always blame us and our vile, vile secretions. <laughs> Good night, listener. Bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.